All right, three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Michael Benson. He's written 19 books, but he's just completed a book in January, published it January 28th, 2021. The title of the book is The Wicked King Wicker, The Son of Sam Siege Upon New York. It's an excellent book. I just finished it today. Some of his other titles are Who's Who in the JFK Assassination, also Hooked Up for Murder, the Age of Zodiac, about the Zodiac Killer, and the Devil at Genesee Junction. And uh, really a fascinating book about the Son of Sam case with the terrific intro. It really kind of covered how post-apocalyptic New York was at that time in the mid-70s. But he's going to talk more about that. So, Mr. Benson, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Hello, William. Hi. Thanks for agreeing to the interview. And for people who may not have heard your name, uh, if there's anything you'd like to add to the intro, please do. And then what uh, inspired you to write this book, The Wicked King Wicker? Well, I I have an origin story as a true crime writer. When I was nine years old, my babysitter and another girl from down the road were horribly murdered uh, with a knife, Jack the Ripper type crime scene and uh, totally changed my childhood. I lived in a dirt road in a rural area south of Rochester, New York. Uh, and I grew up to become a crime writer. And in 2011, teamed up with a private detective and the mom of one of the victims who was still alive in her 90s. And we gave a fresh investigation of those murders, which were icy cold at the time, and figured out who did it. Uh, after that, I, uh, I hit, the, hit the road running, and I, I chose to write about the son of Sam for a couple of reasons. Uh, for one thing, I was a college student at the time. I went to Hofstra University, so I'm about the same age as many of the victims. Uh, and I was only six miles away from the nearest shooting in Floral Park. And uh, although to, in the interests of uh, c- complete transparency, I was not around during the summer of 77. That was my summer to uh, be a hippie and look for America. So I heard about the Son of Sam News uh, in the lobby of a dive hotel on Market Street in San Francisco. But when I got back, uh, I heard from all of my friends and friends of my friends just what a horrible summer it had been. That in a, in a city where that seemed to be on death's door, uh, this the guy, this guy, and it was assumed to be a guy at the time, uh, David Berkowitz had managed to pretty much take over New York. He was in charge. Uh, it was a city where there were four murders a night. And yet by placing his violence very carefully in pockets of perceived safety that still existed in the city and using the power of the word, uh, actual you know, real poetry, uh, managed to just tear, to, you know, scare the pants off of people. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I, after college, I lived in Bayside. I was only a couple of blocks away from one of the shooting scenes. And today I live in Brooklyn within walking distance of, of the final attack. So I figured, you know, and when I started, there had not been a new book on The Son of Sam in more than a generation. So I figured the time was right. As it turns out, we're about to have some Son of Sam mania. Why so uh, my, time, my timing is pretty good. Why is there, there going to be mania? Oh, because on May 5th, Netflix is going to be uh, dropping a new documentary on the case, which is uh, based, I, I think, I think it's based on uh, Maury Terry's book, The Ultimate Evil. Oh, fascinating. And you do mention Maury Terry in that, but what was the name of the first book you read 
where you was uh, uncovered the cold case. What was the title of that book? That's that's the Devil at Genesee Junction. Gotcha. Okay, so that's the material in there. Okay, great. And then, um, and everybody yeah. should read that book because it's it's yeah, I wrote it in my own blood practically. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely interested in talking to you about that. Uh, Carl De Niro also just published a book too. So I know. There's some interesting things. And I was on a Facebook before I deleted my Facebook page. I was on a group that Maury Terry was at least monitoring before he passed away. Sadly, he was at least monitoring um, the content of that. Carl De Niro was on that page on Facebook. So I kind of, and I knew ultimate evil. I grew up in Palo Alto. So the Arliss Perry murder was very close. And I knew that I knew the priest who worked at the, Stanford Memorial Church where that happened. But I wrote actually an article. You can read it on the internet. I probably published it five or six years ago titled Alistair Crowley, Arliss Perry, and all the all the stuff that Crowley ties to that individual thing, not just your book, but also that murder and ultimate evil is pretty fascinating. Well, it's, it's interesting because the Ar- I did write about Arliss Perry as well, but not in this book, in uh, The Age of Zodiac. Oh, interesting. Uh, because... First of all, the, the two cases greatly resemble one another. Now, it seems like Son of Sam took a lot of lessons from the Zodiac. They seem to be avatars for groups of people who want to do nasty things and are, are blaming it on, on a centralized figure that's mythical. Um, Interesting. They yeah. both, both cases involve shooting into parked cars. Uh, Lovers' both lanes, cases, right? Both cases involve leaving uh, scary messages at crime scenes. Uh, Lake Berryessa written on the side of the car and uh, the Hutchinson River Parkway dropped on the scene of the double homicide there. And both cases involve sending communications to the press where, in a competitive way where they knew that uh, it would get published. Uh, the differences are also you know, pretty interesting. Uh, the, the Zodiac's crimes may not have ever been associated with one another if it hadn't been for the letters taking credit for them. There's different weapons each time. One's a stabbing. One's a cab driver in the city. Uh, then there's a lover's lane in, in a rural area. Uh, they, they, they would have been considered separate incidents, whereas Son of Sam's cases were tied together by a, a common weapon. You know, right. And the, the assumption was there was one person, but you know, it could just as easily have been a bunch of creepy kids passing the gun around. You want to be in the club? Got to shoot somebody with the forty-four. Right, it's like a blood in type thing, like almost like a mafia type thing. Right. Um, for people who don't know the background, it's clear that you detail all of these uh, murders that took place over that one-year time span or something like that. Um, can you go in detail just about how they started and progressed and everybody? Well, sure. Uh, it is just about exactly a year, <clears throat> but it starts. I think it starts. A year before that, with a series of cases that were known as the Dart Man attacks. In Westchester County, which is kind of a rich area just north of the Bronx, uh, there were a series of attacks in 1975 and 76 in which somebody, you know, a window peeker, a voyeur, uh, wasn't happy with that anymore and wanted up the ante and was using an air rifle to fire darts through the windows of houses and hitting women who were washing the dishes in the kitchen or sitting at the kitchen table or whatever it was. Um, and again, as would be true with the Son of Sam cases, the, the predominant product was terror. You know, there, none of the injuries were severe, but every housewife in Westchester was worried about Dartman out there, you know, keep, keep the shades pulled because 
Dartman's out there. And right about the time that Dartman stops, the Son of Sam begins. And the first attack is on, uh, I refer to my notes here, July 29th, 1976, on Buer Avenue in the Bronx. And the uh, the victims are Donna Loria and Jody Valenti. Uh, they're, they're parked out in front of, uh, of Donna's apartment building. And it's a, it's a nice section of the Bronx. And they just come back from a disco. Discos were, were very big that year. And a man walks up to the car, shoots into the car, kills Donna immediately, and Jody's wounded in the leg. The, the second attack is Carl De Niro's case. That's in the autumn, out in uh, a nice section of Queens, Murray Hill, Flushing, kind of the borderline. Um, and uh, he's shot in the head. He, needs, he still has a plate in his head to this day. And he's on a, you know, out with Rosemary Keenan, whose dad is Detective Red Keenan from the NYPD, who stays with the case from then on. And but the, the Bronx precinct and the Queens precinct, they don't make the connection right away. And the first, the, the Bronx shooting is assumed to be some sort of mafia vendetta because the girls are Italian. And there was a lot of that going on that year. It's not that unreasonable of an assumption, except for Donna's dad was really steamed because, you know, he had nothing to do with organized crime. Now, the third attack is uh, right around uh, Thanksgiving of 1976, and that's in Floral Park, right right at the border of Queens and Nassau County on Long Island. And Joanne Lamino and Donna DeMassey are, are coming back from uh, the movies in the city. And they're followed by a guy. It's kind of creepy. They pick up their step and they're standing out in front of, of one of their houses. And guy crosses the street, says, excuse me, can you give me directions too? Pulls out a gun and shoots them. And uh, Joanne is hit in the spine and paralyzed. And Don is shot in the neck, and but recovers. The attack after that happens on an icy cold winter night, January 30th, 1977, at the Long Island Railroad Station in Forest Hills, Queens. And Forest Hills is like a, uh, it used to be where they had the U.S. Open tennis. It's a, it's a rich neighborhood and just gorgeous. It's like a something out of a, a fairy tale. You walk around there, you'd have no idea you're in New York City. Um, and... The train station is, is well lit. There's a little plaza of, of shops and things. And that's where the next attack is. And Christine Freund, who is uh, is killed instantly, and her 30-year-old boyfriend, John Deal, is uninjured. And he runs around the, the neighborhood screaming for help for a long time. And several people are standing nearby just with their arms folded. And they turn around and calmly walk away. And it seems it seemed more like the the uh, attack was being observed, right? And of course, the, it wasn't a while for a while before anybody came to his help. But it was too late for Christine; she'd been killed. Now, then it gets interesting because only a hundred yards from that spot, which is well lit and in the plaza of the train station, you go around the corner and head towards the old tennis stadium, and it's very very dark on Dartmouth Street. So it's now March 8th, 1977, uh, about two months after the previous attack, but only you know, 100 yards away. You know, little Virginia Voskarichian is coming home from college. She goes to Columbia. She's carrying her books. And somebody walks up to her face to face 
pulls out a gun and she puts her books over her face and the, the killer shoots through the books into her into her face and she falls dead into the bushes now at that crime scene two distinct suspects are seen and one is an adult man beefy with with dark hair and the other is described as a teenager not sure not even sure if it's a male or a female and they run in opposite directions this is the first indication we get that maybe more than one person's involved here now that night the police and the mayor make the decision that they're going to tell new york that these crimes are connected with one another that they're all 44 caliber shootings and they're looking for a maniac and now during the press conference Police Commissioner Michael Codd does something that I still have not figured out. He says, apparently the killer likes women with long, dark hair. Now, I've lived in New York a long time, and we're not known for our blondes. Uh, most women have dark hair. And at the time, both men and women wore their hair long. So why he would feel it was necessary to say what the killer's type was uh, is, is befuddling. But the reaction is immediate, and it's, it's panicky. Women get their hair cut. They dye their hair blonde. Beauty parlors are doing slam-bang business. But the unintended result of this is that blondes are now feeling like they're off the hook. You know, this, it, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Stacey Moskowitz, but Stacey Moskowitz is, is, a, is a little blonde lady, and her last words to her dad is, don't worry, Dad, I'm not son of Sam's type. Right. It's fascinating. And that was kind of the first case, too. The Voskerichian is where Maury Terry checked out the crime scene. And then they started the task force. The thing that linked them all together was this 44 snub-nosed bull. Was it Bulldog? Yeah, Bulldog. Well, it's a weird weapon. Uh, They didn't make that many of them. It was designed in the era of skyjackings, when planes were being hijacked to Cuba all the time. And it could do massive damage close up but had such slow muzzle speed that it wouldn't go through the fuselage of the plane. So at any kind of distance, it was wildly inaccurate. Nobody, you know, nobody would choose that as, as a weapon. It, it, it made it perfectly clear that this was, these were not mafia hits because there's no way a professional would ever use a 44 bulldog uh, for anything other than, uh, you know, uh, maybe Jack Ruby might've used it. Right. Uh, <laughs> If you remember Jack Ruby, uh, but the, yeah, the next and then the next shootings are in the Hutchinson River Parkway in the Bronx. Again, around the corner from the very first shootings. So for the second time, the uh, the event has moved back to a previous location. And uh, Virginia uh, uh, Valentina Suriani and Alexander Esau are sitting in a car, and they are shot and both killed. And when the police come to the scene. They find a letter that, in which the killer introduces himself. He's no longer known as the 44 killer. He's now son of Sam. Uh, the, the, thing that's, uh, the thing that's interesting is that the, the, the press doesn't print the letter right away. They, the little excerpts here and there. So almost immediately, a second letter is sent to Jimmy Breslin, the newspaper columnist, who, of course, cannot resist but to publish it. And this one's a masterpiece. Uh, it, it's, of all of the killers who have ever taunted, 
you know, starting with Jack the Ripper and BTK and Zodiac. This is by far the best written uh, message from a, you know, a, a killer that is as it's in history. It's just, uh, it's the, you know, hello from the gutters of New York City letter. Right. It's poetic. It's almost right. very darkly poetic, literary astute. Yeah. I think if you, you took it out of context, book. if you took it out of context, you could, you could uh, convince somebody that Allen Ginsberg had written it. Uh, and it, it has the desired effect. It causes Son of Sam mania. And Son of Sam is on the front page of the tabloids every day, with the possible exception of the day when they had the blackout, uh, right up until the point where Berkowitz is arrested. Um, but you can really feel the tension. I think in your book it conveys that tension of, like, these killings are, like, done t- clearly for psychological warfare type purposes every two months, you know? So it just keeps cumulatively getting more and more tense. Yeah. The object seems to be to create kind of a social Armageddon and they've got a city that's already down, you know, that the city's broke. There are great swaths of the Bronx that are abandoned and smoldering. Uh, The the, the organized crime is out of control. Uh, And you have a a mayor who's desperately running for reelection, even though everything's falling down around him. And they they need Son of Sam like a hole in the head, but here he comes, and it, and it just doesn't stop. And it's and it from getting worse. I mean, the the attack. I mean, at first, the 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 more bullets were fired than actually struck people in every case, but every shot on Hutchinson River Parkway is deadly. Of the four bullets that are fired, they both they all would have taken a life. So the killer's getting better at it. Now, as, as we now suspect, it's not the same guy every time. So that's the reason why it varies. But the perception at the time was, you know, Son of Sam's getting deadlier. Right. And, I mean, that that uh, writing, he that's where you get your title to the book, The Wicked King Wicker. So there's all kinds of occultism, too. Kind well, of, it uh, occurs to me that Wicker in, in the Bronx is pronounced Wicca, which is, uh, you know, the... the Witch's Coven. Right. And didn't that didn't that one have the black magic seal of Eliphas Levy? Was it that letter or was it a different one? Do you remember that at all? Yeah, you know, I I I, I know that the the next shootings take place at the Eliphas disco right. in Bayside. Um But there was one, I'm almost positive it had the circles and stars. It was some kind of like a cult scribble or something, but I might be wrong. The uh well, you know they, 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 the 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 uh, he signs the uh, the Jimmy Breslin letter with a list of of names, and it really makes no attempt to say that this is one person. This is a lone nut. You know, it's the twenty two disciples of hell. That sounds like a group, and they they include uh, you know Sam's creation, the Duke of Death, the Wicked King Wicca. Uh, John Wheaties, rapist and suffocator of young girls. And then on the back of the envelope, and maybe this is what you're referring to, there's like there's a haiku type message. And it's blood and family, darkness and death, absolute depravity. Now I've done a little studying of churches of Satan and Satan worshippers, and, and I've come to the conclusion that 
basically the, the idea of a black mass is to start an orgy that the, the, the upside down crosses and the do as thou wilts that uh, Anton LaVey and Alistair Crowley talked about were designed to get women out of their clothes. Um, and it was basically costume play. Uh, that, they didn't take into consideration that for those who have sexual issues, absolute depravity is not going to be a wild orgy in which everybody's doing everything to everybody else, but it's going to be a snuff. Absolute depravity is going one step beyond that and actually taking a human life. Did you notice in any of the crime scenes? Were they, I remember in one of the sequences you talk about a full moon. Were they all shootings under a full moon? Or you? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember about okay. that. Because um, you did mention that once. Because that would be a similar thing to Zodiac, right? Wasn't Zodiac always at a waning moon? Or there, was, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would think that uh, that the full moon does uh, affect these things. And it's certainly astrology is very big in in the uh, the the, the witch and, and, and Satan worshiping worlds much more so than, than in Christianity where we're supposed to feel guilty about our carnal desires. Right. So then, so that wasn't the, so that letter was sent. Breslin was now on the case. He publishes the letter, but that wasn't the end of it. There were, there were some, other there's two more, there's two more attacks to go. Uh, the, the next attack is on June 26th, 1977. Now, I told you about the uh, the murders in my backfield when I was nine years old. They took place behind my house, by the way. And they took place on graduation night. And it was June 25th, 1966, which is the month in the year 666. And Anton LaVey had just uh, on May Eve of that year proclaimed 1966 to be the first year of Satan. Uh, after 1400 and some years of God being on top, now Satan was going to be on top and published the uh, the satanic holidays for the first time, which were largely based on, on Wicca. And the uh, summer solstice was one of them. And this these shootings in Bayside also take place on June 25th. Well, it's after midnight, so it's technically June 26th. But it's also graduation night, and one of the victims has just graduated from high school. It's Judy Placido. And her boyfriend for the night, Sal Lupo, they, they'd met earlier at the, uh, at the Alifaz disco. And they were sitting in a car that they were borrowing to probably smooch and smoke cigarettes in uh, from the bouncer at the disco. And now, they're both wounded, but they survive. Again, the, the shooter seems to not be able to handle the, the, the kick of the, of the gun. And Lupo shot in the arm. He's dripping blood. He goes back into the uh, into the disco looking for help. And Judy, who shot in the neck, manages to get out of the car and stumbles down the road for about a half a block before she collapses in the middle of the street. Now the, the NYPD is just out of their minds at this point because they've been staking out discos, and up until about ten minutes before the shooting, they had a car parked near the near the elephants. They say, well, I guess he's not going to hit tonight. They drive away and comes over the radio, shots fired. Oh, no. And it was the same deal with um, 
with the uh, Hutchinson River Parkway shooting, they had been keeping an eye on the Bureau Avenue scene around the corner. And so well, I guess we'll call it a night. And boom, you know, the guy hits you know, less than a half mile away. So they're, they're out of their minds and they're not sleeping. This is the kind of things that tears up detectives because all these victims remind them of their own kids and that they're, they're good kids. And you know, it's, I, I don't know if you ever read Jimmy Breslin and, and uh, Dick Shep's book, 44. I hated that book because it seemed to blame the victims. Uh, they were, they were drawing the, uh, the killer with their, with the scent of their lust or something. And I was just, eh. you know, that, I, that, none of them were doing it. You know, they were, a couple of them were smooching in a car. That's uh, they didn't deserve what they got. You know, it turns into the uh, Friday the 13th movies where, you know, slasher sex, text up sex turns into death. Um, but that's the, uh, that's the second to last shooting in, in Bayside. And after that, there is a blackout on July 14th. And, you know, back in 1965, there'd been a blackout in New York City, and it was kind of a happy occasion. It, hit to, it brought people together. People drank in bars under candlelight. They, they made friends. There was, uh, there, a movie was made, Where Were You When the Lights Went Out? It was all kind of a, a sign of New York's resiliency. But in 1977, when the lights go out, I mean, the, the city basically gets torched. There's 1,600 stores are looted. 1,037 fires are started during this blackout. Nobody asked, where were you when the lights went out this time? Because chances are you're you know, looting a store and stealing TV sets. So the one-year anniversary of the first shooting comes on July 29th. And, of course, every cop's working. And they're up all night waiting and nothing happens. Nothing happens until two days later, on July 31st, 1977. And they, the NYPD has uh, Operation 44. And they're ready to shut down the bridges and set up roadblocks the second they heard that the, the, there's a shooting. And all the son of Sam has to do to avoid all of that is to switch boroughs. And instead of attacking in the Bronx or Queens the way that they had before, it's in Brooklyn and South Brooklyn. And Robert Violante, who's 20 years old, and Stacy Moskowitz, also 20, who just told her dad that she didn't, he didn't have to worry about her because she wasn't son of Sam's type, are, uh, are smooching in a car next to a uh, playground that's... Uh, adjacent to the Belt Parkway. And uh, Stacy's killed, and Robert is blinded by the shooting. Uh, it's this crime scene, I think, that, that forms the, the largest set piece for why we believe that there's a conspiracy. Um, many witnesses see the shooter, uh, flee the park, get into a yellow Volkswagen, Volkswagen then screams up to Cropsey Avenue, where another witness almost has an accident. Uh, they curse each other out so much so that this guy follows the yellow VW until it gets on the Bell Parkway and gets away. At the same time, Chubby David Berkowitz is walking around on the outskirts of the, of the playground, and his car, which is parked in front of a fire hydrant, gets a parking ticket. 
And it's because of the parking ticket that police go up to Yonkers to investigate and they find 44 in the car and they arrest Berkowitz. At which point, Mayor Beam, who is you know desperately running for re-election, says, New Yorkers can sleep easy tonight. The son of Sam has been captured and nobody mentions the yellow VW anymore. Yeah, very easy, very clean cut. They really cleaned it up right there from the very beginning. Yeah, and it reminds me of uh, Oswald shooting President Kennedy. Yeah, where Warren Commission says, "No, no, 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 we're shutting doors here. We're not opening them," right. and that's what happened. And we got Berkowitz. We don't want. Let me let let us go on with our lives. Right, but Berkowitz was more seemed more than willing to just take all the blame. Right? Yeah, we well, had yeah, first, sure, uh, and I, that may have been his job. I'm sure that he was just as he probably received rewards every time he shot somebody, uh, perhaps sexual. Uh, he was punished for being caught, and he had to, you know, be the patsy. He was the patsy, and it really wasn't until Maury Terry came around, not that long thereafter, and talked to Berkowitz. Says, "Look, you know, we, you know, we we know you weren't alone. Tell tell me about it. Now, you know, it's pretty astounding that they." sold the Berkowitz as a loan thing, considering that right after Berkowitz is arrested, a lady from the Mamaroneck Animal Hospital comes forward and tells the police that Berkowitz and his friend came in looking to adopt dogs. Now, Berkowitz's story is that Sam Carr's dog uh, instructed him to kill people. And Sam Carr's a person he's never met who lives in a house that he can see out his window. And so now Berkowitz and his friend are trying to adopt a dog and Berkowitz is just kind of goofy and pets the dog and the friend does all the talking. Well, boy, do cops not want to hear this. That story just goes away. Of course, it becomes even more interesting if you look at the facts, which are that bad things are happening to dogs. Not only has Sam Carr's dog been shot, uh, another neighborhood dog has been shot and killed. Uh, the family that lives on Wicker Street, and 85 German shepherds have been found skinned in the Walden, New York area. Right. Bad things are happening. What was the park that they were found in? It was uh, Untermeyer Park. Untermeyer Park, right. Yeah. Have you ever looked into Untermeyer as a person? He's an amazing occultist. That whole park is laid out on occult stuff. It's incredible. I've yeah, I've seen. I that. think he was the lawyer for one of the big bankers that put together the Federal Reserve. Wow! So, oh yeah, Hunter Myers, the it goes very deep. He's a very sophisticated guy, very occult. So it's not a surprise it's there. And that's what there was like a cave at Untermeyer, right? Where the yes, so the upside down crosses and the black masses. But again, you know, what question is what does uh, what does the impotent man do at the rape party? He brings a knife. Right. Um, it, so when you have people who are having problems uh, that aren't sexual and are more uh, uh, if their their carnal lusts involve violence, then that's what's going to happen once you start preaching this stuff. And now well, it becomes a matter of how big of a conspiracy do you believe in? Right. Well, what what's the what's your answer to that question? Well, you know, I I, I want to let the process church and church of Satan off the hook only in the sense that 
they're not responsible for the actions of every, of everybody who's ever been part of that. Right. You know, you, you can't you can't blame you know a Protestant church because one of its members is, becomes a murderer. Uh, and and the, there's dangers in preaching the things they do because they're apt to attract people who uh, have no sense of right and wrong or limited or warped senses of right and wrong. And I, I also, but I also believe that creepy people find each other. That even before the days of the internet, that people uh, who are like-minded, pedophiles, for example, formed little clubs. They found each other because they answered uh, mail order ads in the backs of magazines or whatever it was. They, they found each other and they formed clubs. And I think that the son of Sam is a club of some sort. And maybe it has members that are also part of the process. And maybe they, it, there are members who were part of the Hollywood community. Um, they often overlap. Some of the occultists join multiple groups. Sure. Oh, right, 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 right. You can be so, a church yeah, yeah. member, everything. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I I tend to think that Arliss Perry is belongs to the the Northern California thing that was uh, that involved the Zodiac. The fact that Berkowitz seemed to know a lot about the Arliss Perry case is indication that again, people who like this kind of stuff are going to talk to each other. Right. I mean, that's just loaded with occult stuff. The Crowley Mass was the day October twelfth, I think it was. So somebody occultist, and they're, they're, I heard that her body was moved too, that it was actually on the altar, but they didn't have to disclose that to the public. Right. And, and of course, when they, they tried to arrest the, uh, the night guard him. whose DNA was a match, he, he shot himself before they were allowed to, before they got yeah. a chance to talk to him. Yeah. And that was just what, like two, three years two ago? years ago, yeah. 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 That was remarkable. That was a guy, like one of the guys who was like the last person to see her was following me on Facebook too. I think Ed Opperman interviewed him. So he had he was kind of very familiar with that, too. Um, and I think Berkowitz himself has admitted, too, that he's afraid to talk about his occult connections, too, right? Didn't he well, sure. well, sure. I mean, first, there's already been one attempt on his life. He's got 58 stitches in his neck. Um but I certainly think that, that there's there's every reason to believe that the Carr brothers are involved. Why else would the letters be framed the way they are? I mean, the son of Sam has to include the actual sons of Sam, doesn't it? I think it does. Good think, yeah. Uh, their, their, their deaths certainly seem to be well-timed for, for hushing up the, the whole deal. Right. I mean, they're very um, fortunate that what John Carr died, in a, like a really horrific... Yeah so-called suicide yeah well somebody writes in his blood you know i did suicide victims cannot write in their own blood right so that's the yeah there's a there's a very dark stuff happening around that whole yeah, i also took, took note of the fact that of course their their sister wheat is uh was at the time a dispatcher for the yonkers police department and she is the one who answers the call from the nypd when they first find the 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 uh, the traffic ticket and we're looking for a guy named david berkowitz and she says that's the guy that shot our dog and he shot him with a 44 which is interesting because the dog was not shot with a 44 right. but it's you know so why is she trying to plant well, that information she, right she, she certainly seems to be trying to uh you know 
the light get the light bulb to go on if it hasn't gone on already. Right. It, that whole car family was very strange too, right? Weren't there kind of weird like? Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think Michael belonged to a coven of witches, and so, so yeah, I, 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 the, the creepy crowd in Untermeyer Park, I believe in. Uh, once the conspiracy theory starts going coast to coast, I'm not sure that it holds together that well. The other thing that's, that's always bothered me, and that my, I, my feelings have changed about this over the years, but the notion that there was a van in Bath Beach Park that was taking a snuff film of the final Son of Sam attack. And it's always been, I guess, my tunnel vision is that a snuff film, in a snuff film, the victim is the star. And that that's the focus of the movie, a sort of a, a Black Dahlia scenario uh, with bondage involved. But what would you see if you took a film of uh, a Son of Sam shooting? You would see a guy walk up to a car, fire into the window, and then the horn would go on. And eventually, you know, a bloody guy would fall out one side. You'd never see Stacy at all because she stays in the car until the ambulance comes. What would you see? But then I changed my mind because by that time, Son of Sam is a super duper star. Right. Yeah. So the... That's the money shot. The money shot is the son of Sam firing into the car. It's not the victim. So it's uh, maybe, maybe it's true. Well, it wouldn't be the first. There's all kinds of occult elements and snuff films with occultists and things like that. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Was it the Corso killings took place around that time too? Was right, it the end of media? There's all, and I think that the Grimston from the Process Church did live in New York at that time, if I remember correctly. I don't, I don't know. He was one of the heads. But these cases also remind me of the uh, monster of Florence, where there was that whole st- thing of killings of Lovers Lanes, the same thing. And then they busted one guy. And it, some of those cases could not have taken place by one person because there were two people and they didn't get away. So there had to have been at least two people doing these killings in Florence. So, yeah, and a lot like the Zodiac, too. You're right. Like all the, the intentional ramping up of psychological power. I think a good point you made in your book was how many people were getting killed in New York at that time, but the son of Sam captured the imagination of everybody. Well, that's that's the trick, isn't it? It's uh, it's make, knowing how to get on the front page of the newspaper. And the way you do it is you, you, you pick your victims uh, knowing the journalistic rules. Right, you're right. You, you, you pick you pick white kids who have money, who have successful moms and dads. That's how you get on the front page of newspapers. Um, yeah, that's remarkable. Do you and, think? And, that, and even after Berkowitz's arrest, I mean, it's not like the killings stop. Was in 1979, Howard Green and his girlfriend Carol Mars Mar- Marone are bludgeoned to death in a possible devil worship related attack. Their eyeballs are blown out. Tips of their ears are cut off. Almost all of their blood's been drained by 30 puncture marks made in identical places on both bodies. It's uh, very ritualistic. Yeah, 100%. Do you think that Berkowitz was responsible for those letters? Do you think that he had a hand in, in writing this? I, yeah, I, I, I see no evidence that he is capable of writing with that kind of uh, intensity. And the, even the, the handwriting itself, was you know, much was made of that at the time that they were they were in interviewing 
comic book letterers because the Son of Sam letters were printed in such a distinct fashion. And Berkowitz's writing is nothing like that. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a team effort. Right. And I mean, you go through detail in your book of all of their drawings of potential suspects. They don't look alike at all. There's not one consistent view. No. Which is even more like, uh, yeah, it makes it even more comp- interesting that they could actually get away with that and end up with one guy in jail. But there has to be a, an upper echelon of some sort uh, or else the Carr brothers wouldn't have died the way they did. Uh, somebody is cleaning up cleaning this up. mess. And it's, I don't, if it's part of that Untermeyer Park crowd, it's somebody who outranks the Carr brothers. Right. No, like somebody high up, somebody wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, they've talked about it. I think that in uh, there was like unknown or unknown people that were involved in that whole thing. I, th- I could have swore that Roy Raiden and some of these other characters were also loosely tied. So he was supposed to be in, in charge of the snuff film operation. Okay. And he too, he's not, he's not the main guy because he ends up dead in the desert. So there you go. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's just a whole nother story. The whole cotton club thing. Uh, let me see if anybody wants to ask you any questions. Is there anything you'd like to add or where can people, where's the best place to buy the book? Uh, books available on amazon.com. It's both uh, paperback and ebook. If you have uh, Kindle unlimited, you can get it for free. Cool. And is, do you have social media or anything? If anybody has any questions. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm the Michael Benson with the white beard. Michael Benson was a writer because there is another Michael Benson who wrote a book about Stanley Kubrick who pops up. Oh, I, I oh, I know, I know. There's, Which is also, I should have him on as a guest. That would be interesting too. He, well, you know, he he writes about the the pictures you take with satellites. Got, one of his books is called "The Ring Around Uranus." <laughs> okay. I just made that up. Sorry, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I made that up. Well, you guys are now associated with each other, whether you like it or not. I know. Well, I highly recommend the book. The intro to the book is excellent. Yeah, no, the first chapter was just like I was riveted. Really good intro chapter. Title of the book, again, is The Wicked King Wicker, The Son of Sam's Siege Upon New York, published January 20th, 2021. Michael Benson again. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, William. All right. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too.